Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. They go for it on fourth down. After they went for it on fourth down and got the touchdown in the first quarter. Pass fake on first down, going deep down the middle. Open receiver caught for the touchdown. What a pass and catch. Gunner Romney. Catch. Wilson doesn't get credit for the touchdown throw, but he does get a run, and he was down. Yeah, that was the right call. Half yard line. Yeah, that was the right call. But look at the layout here. You know, and there was a question about how good the BYU receivers have a chance to run underneath it. Wow, so they said no touchdown, and Wilson just takes a snap and forces it in. Troy's wondering what the heck just happened. They're a good team. Uh, A lot remains to be seen just because of the unusual. usual aspects of this team uh, of the of the year and for us right now the only thing that we can do to put us in a best position to succeed is to take it a day at a time and and how many times that there we go it's coach speak Hmm. if there is ever a year where you take it a day at a time this is the year gordon big weekend for byu they hammer Troy, 48-7. That was Tom Homo talking about his thoughts on the team. We'll get to more of uh, Tom Homo's cuts coming up uh, a little bit later on in the show. But your thoughts on what we saw from BYU. Different type of game than the Navy game, but they still look great. Yes, they did look good. They looked powerful and strong. And uh, uh, the numbers beyond the score, because it could have been worse. Of course, uh, Troy uh, might have scored another touchdown had that uh, penalty not been called. But total net yards 664 to 181 and the number that circled i circled big time at 19 rushing yards for troy if you're going to get 19 rushing yards you're going to lose and uh, i got to give credit to byu's front i mean they they had the three guys up front jake they were dropping eight back in coverage for much of the night and Troy could not punish them for it. Now, obviously, there were some sacks involved, and that, and that always affects that number. But, man, BYU is impressive. Uh, they did give up some passing yardage, and, you know, they're going to do that. But uh, impressive all the way around. I haven't gotten to the offense yet. I mean, that offensive line is as good as we thought it was, and Zach Wilson comfortable as can be back there throwing for 392 yards. Rushing for two touchdowns, passing for two touchdowns. I mean, just just Troy is not a great team, um, and that's going to be the echo in the room for a long time because BYU is really good this year. And uh, will they be able to find the kind of opponents by which observers of college football will think, wow, they deserve great recognition? You know, that's going to be the question all year long. And there may be kind of some development on that front, which we'll actually get to um, coming up at uh, at two thirty. But um, yeah, I'm with you, Gordon. It's it's disappointing that we don't see the competition a little bit a uh, little bit better for this BYU team because I I mean I think it's really really good and you know we're gonna have some similar frustration and, and don't get me wrong here I'm not comparing the two teams per se but it's kind of like the O four Utes where they just didn't have an opponent that you thought you know, gave you a really accurate measurement on just how good that team is, or excuse me, was. I hope that doesn't turn out to be the case here with this BYU team, and I fear that it might 
because I think this is the best team that they've had at BYU for quite some time, and we could debate how long exactly. But, you know, they're so good up front on both sides of the ball. They've got a quarterback that uh, that appears to be, you know, good. And who knows how good, but he he certainly got it done this weekend. They they have a good running game. Um, Dax Milne had a had a terrific game. Gunnar Romney was really good. They've got some weapons. It's too bad Matt Bushman isn't out there, but I mean this team looks really really good. And I, you know, you say well it's only Troy. Well they lost to only Toledo last year. You know, so uh-huh. they, they right. you, you go out and you take care of your business. And and BYU has done that now in two games and then some right and looked excellent doing it. Yeah, I wrote a column on Saturday night essentially saying that uh, BYU, the only team that can beat BYU this year is BYU. I mean, they're they're going to be better than everybody on the schedule. There is some possibility, like you were talking about, of adding uh, an additional team or two to the schedule, and maybe that'll toughen it up a little bit. But as you look at these games the Cougars are facing, they are, I think, better who they're going to be playing and so will they i think they've learned some lessons from a year ago they're they're a little older they're a little more experienced and they're a little smarter and they're a little better so yeah i mean this is this is interesting to watch it reminds me a little bit of the old whack days when byu is so dominant against less than stellar competition and that's really how lavelle edwards built uh, byu's program against those kinds of teams. Yeah, there were some tough teams that were mixed in here and there, and this this year's a little different than that. But this team's good. And so, you know, I mean, some some folks will say, oh, they're no good. Look who they're playing. But th- th- I think both will be true. They will be good, and their competition is substandard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Houston could be an interesting matchup down the line, depending on how good they turn out to be, you know, Louisiana Tech. Um, Texas San Antonio. Was La Tech. You know, La Tech was what were they last year? Jake were they ten and ten and two, ten and three, something like that a year ago? I, I, I'd have to check that. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, you, <laughs> there's a there's a bunch of gimmies on that uh, on that schedule. And look, uh, no no reason to rip the Cougars for that. They were trying to save their season. Yeah, after they lost darn near everybody. Yeah, they're grabbing whoever yeah. they can just to play. Uh, let's see here. So thus far this year, Louisiana Tech played whoever USM is that. Who is that? Um, Southern USC, Mississippi. Su- Southern Mississippi. Yeah. So they beat them thirty-one thirty in a close one, and then against HBU, uh, Houston Baptist, they beat them sixty-six to thirty-eight. So who knows how good they are? They can put up sixty-six points, but then you look at that thirty-eight and you go, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So here it is. And the, of course, the irony there is that BYU had lined up what might have been the toughest schedule they've ever faced, and to lose that, to go up against, have the opportunity to go up to what six or seven P five teams, and then lose all those opportunities, and to lose some opportunity against some of the better Mountain West teams as well. It's uh, yeah, Tom Homo's on the phone dialing up anybody. Hey, you got a quarterback? You got a defense? You got okay? Uh, okay, let's uh, let's play. Come on out to Lavelle's place, <laughs> and uh, you know they, they're throwing together what they can in a very unusual circumstance. Obviously, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I I think it's great that they're playing. They should be beating these teams. They look really well prepared, motivated, regardless of their opponent. I think we all look at I the mean, lack of look at the, Jake. Sorry, look at the lack of penalties. 
this team is executing at a level that is uh, somewhat precise. Which is good. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, uh, Gordon, let's, uh, Tom Homo was on the station with DJ and PK earlier today. Uh, let's hear a couple minutes here of Tom talking about perhaps adding uh, another opponent down the line, uh, like Boise State. Of course, the, uh, the computer froze. Always great timing, <laughs> as Austin now has both hands up in the air. Well, as we mentioned, it was uh, a little cooler this morning, so maybe it did something to the equivalent. All right, well, uh, it's unfrozen, Gordon. It's, Good, it, let's it go. It is thawed. Here All is right. uh, Tom Homo talking about uh, adding another game. I think the enthusiasm around your football team is skyrocketing. Obviously, they've had two very, very impressive wins. So the attention now is so much on the athletic director. It, this is so un, so much uncharted territory. You've never been in this situation. You've got a 2-0 football team that looks great, and now eyes are focused. What can Tom Homo do to beef up this schedule while you're actually playing the season? It's never been done before in the history of college football, probably, and how much attention is focused on the college season so what can you tell us about the potential uh hartwell utah state had mentioned uh and craig thompson had mentioned the possibility of boise so a the possibility of playing boise in november that first week and then the possibility of adding some p5 opponents i mean it's all very intriguing (laughs) and the possibilities are dreaming there's so many people that want to try to match up uh you know us against mississippi state now you guys know leach get the job done um <laughs> it's hard to imagine that any p5 games would just all of a sudden pop up they're all playing conference games and they're playing conference only schedules so the, the the way that that would happen is not possible right now it could be possible later down the road that's what i'm saying it's, it's, you look at boise that's just in a, a unique situation where the mountain west conference wasn't going to play all the games were scrapped, and then they come back to play, and you realize that this great tradition of military academy games between the Air Force and Army or Navy, those are games that pop up that they're going to play those games. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to this in a second here. Um, but come back. Let me just stop right here and say one of the things I learned early on that was really cool about college football in this scheduling um, case was if there were no games this year i'm t- saying none army and navy would have played there would have been one football game and it would have been army and navy i think that's a really cool thing about college football is that the the real real blue bloods are going to play no matter what happens and and that you know obviously they get to play hopefully and nothing will get in the way of that game but this is the case that's why air force was going to be able to play in the army and navy games even though they wouldn't play in a mountain west conference game and you know i think that's pretty cool some people didn't like hearing about that but that's why this is possible because air force will play i think it's navy and then it leaves an open game and so they don't want to f with with a conference only i don't really know all the way that uh, craig thompson and his team are going to do this or try to make it work but there's an oddity in the schedule because there's an open game and somebody can play so tom uh lays out exactly how another game might appear and then uh john hardwell was on with those guys and he was uh, let's just say a little bit uh, more specific 
What? Well, uh, that that has that as the Boise State BYU game. Does it carry that kind of cachet now? Well, hold on. Let's let's play these heart there these Hartwell comments, and then I'll, right. I'll I'll answer just that. Just Go saw ahead. Chad Lewis walk up here. You know, one of the potential scenarios for uh, for to offset that that November seventh game because we have twelve teams in our league. So if you pull out Air Force, then somebody else has got to be off that week too. So you know there there is talk. Uh, I I don't know how significant that talk is, but there's talk about a Boise BYU matchup on on November seventh. So uh, you know there may be a one off or two that are non conference games, but for the most part, everybody's going to be conference only. All right. So that was Hartwell being a little bit more specific about what he's hearing. Now, uh, rewind, radio rewind real quick, Gordon. Reset that question you just threw at me. Have uh, BYU, has BYU, Boise State uh, garnered that kind of emphasis that you would want to take advantage of an opportunity like that in, in a break in the schedule? Uh, that's, that's interesting to me. Well, well, uh, I, do you think? Don't you think the answer is obvious, though? Yes, a thousand times, yes. Well, to to those two schools, yeah. Well, to the um, to the nation, could you um, could you create a better matchup with a team that's not playing that week? Could you possibly engineer one given that these circumstances? There's no way. Uh, I don't know what's possible and what isn't, but uh, that is that is a very nice game, especially considering the way B, BYU is played. Uh, in the first two games. And people have seen that, you know, I mean, on ESPN, and, and uh, people are seeing that BYU might have something a little a little special. Now, when the AP poll came out, BYU dropped uh, four spots because they included some teams that hadn't been included previously. But uh, I don't think that really matters that much. Uh, I, I think people are looking at BYU and saying, okay, that, that team is a little different than BYU teams of the past few years. So, yeah, I, it, it's, it would be a terrific opportunity and one that would be really important to BYU given what we talked about in that first segment. Um, and Boise State, you know, it reminds me of it reminds me of the old whack days. It does. When, when BYU would be playing a bunch of teams that really weren't all that good and they might have one or two good games, I mean, really good opponents in there, and that, that puts so much importance on that particular matchup because in order it like to substantiate everything that has been, is being done against other opponents is on the line, it would be against Boise State. I don't know how good the Broncos are going to be this year, but obviously it's a very, very respected program. All right, I'm going to re- radio rewind it for a second real quick here because I said given what's possible, and you said, well, I don't know what's possible. I'm talking about other leagues not playing non-conference games. Yeah. So there's yeah. not an ability for Boise State to go, oh, okay, well, we can all of a sudden play USC that weekend. That's just yeah. not possible. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're having Boise play somebody out of your league, that team has to be capable of playing from and that's all i was alluding to i'm not talking about right you know what's safe or not i'm talking about who's actually playing non-conference games uh but with that said yes i i think that the boise state uh if they could pull that matchup off it would be somewhat 
of a of a way for BYU to legitimize just how good it is. And and of course, you throw out the ultimate qualifier there. I don't know exactly how good Boise is going to be this year. So maybe this is a really down year for them. I have no idea. But the more good games BYU can schedule, the better. I mean, and if you've got a natural place to to slide in that game and you solve problems for both sides of the equation, you know, you solve a problem for the Mountain West and they solve a problem for you, uh, that could be a really fun matchup that you could put on TV that, uh, you know, ESPN's going to be glad to air. So I, I think that the if that could happen, that would mean a that would be awesome. It would mean a ton. So, so then it, it begs the question: Will it make a difference? Let's say BYU beats all these opponents, and I don't know whether they will or they won't, but they certainly have looked capable of beating a whole lot of teams in their first two victories. So let's say they they do run the table, and in the, in November they face Boise State, and let's say they beat Boise State. Will that make a difference? What do you mean, make a difference? As far as the way BYU is viewed by those, the powers that be, and for bowl opportunity and whatnot. Well, they're going to play a bowl if one's available. If you're asking me if beating Boise will get them into a New Year's Six Bowl, no. Uh, Will it get them into the playoffs? Certainly not. Will it make people feel better about how good BYU is? Yes. (laughs) So I guess that's what I'm asking. Like, what standard are you talking about? I was thinking more. What are you thinking? I was thinking more New Year's Six. No, that's not happening. Even if BYU destroys everybody on its schedule, including a potential Boise State, the way they've been playing, if they do that all year long, still no cigar for you, huh? Uh, yeah, no, that's not happening. I mean, look at look at their schedule, Gordon. And I'm not. This sounds I like know, I'm really downplaying how good the team is. I'm not. I'm just talking about qualifying for a New Year's Six game or the playoff. Not to mention the fact that the the college football playoff, that organization, your guy William Hancock, uh, <laughs> doesn't want to include BYU. They don't want to do that because then they have to split the pie uh, another way, and they don't want to do that. So if you're saying beating Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, Texas, San Antonio, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, and uh, also let um, North Alabama and then finish it off with a win over Boise, is that good enough to demand entry into the New Year's Six? The answer is no. Uh, okay, so you're just eliminating that completely. Yes. No matter how well BYU plays. Correct. You know, this gets back to our old discussion from seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, Jake, about how how worthy does it make you to destroy a bunch of teams that really aren't that good. And if you are... If you, if there's a strong suspicion that BYU is really really good this year, should it get them into that kind of opportunity? Well, should's got nothing to do with it now, does it? Well, I know, but it's what we have to uh, talk. About. I would argue no, because there's going to be other teams that go through a lot rougher path. Yeah, it's just it's just so crazy because it it the same thing keeps coming up every time that. Man, if they'd had that original schedule, we would have found out a whole lot about what this team was made of. And now it's just kind of like, okay, there's your pickings. 
and BYU going out. I mean, I have been impressed by what I've seen out of this team, and I get it, and I understand it. And, Jake, you have swayed me in this conversation that we've had for so many years that when you get into a P5 league, for instance, and you play those kinds of teams week after week after week after week, uh, that it does elevate you uh, as far as your worthiness goes. Uh, and and, and I, I grant you that. But, man, it sure will be a shame if BYU is really as good as they've looked and they get some third-tier bowl somewhere. Yeah, it's it certainly is. Yeah, it certainly is unfortunate. Because it, it, it won't be BYU's fault. They're not the ones that uh, created this scenario. Uh, there was other leagues that bailed on them. So that's a tough one. That's a tough one for the Cougars. And ordinarily, I wouldn't think it's that big a deal because ordinarily I wouldn't think BYU is that good, but they really might be this time. And don't I'm not forget, sure. Don't forget about the fact that the new uh, college – Excuse me, college football playoff, the New Year's Six Bowls, they already have to include uh, the best of the G5. So BYU would be in addition to that. So they're already going to have to take Boise or Toledo or, uh, I don't know, insert uh, UCF. Yeah, UCF is, uh, what are they, ranked 10th or something? Or New Mexico State or uh, San Jose State. (laughs) Stop it Maybe the running rebs of UNLV. (laughs) <laughs> so BYU would have to be in addition to that representative. It's just not going to happen. It's too bad. I, I hey, I want to see BYU test this, test it as much as possible. I'm with you. It's just it unfortunate. Would, it it's would, not going to happen. It's too yeah because it might be you know Boise. Okay, if they get Boise, then fantastic. But it, can you imagine if this team goes undefeated against uh, like we said substandard competition, and then they would have an opportunity to show what they were really made of in the New Year's Six Bowl against a, a, a top team, uh, then, boy, that would be interesting. Uh, you, don't th- you don't think, like, uh, the Fiesta Bowl or some, you know, someplace like that would have some interest in the Cougars? No. Uh, it, I mean, it's a similar feeling as to the 4 Utes from a standpoint of that these are the same bozos that gave Utah Pitt. <laughs> Remember that? Like, yes. wow, this Utah team is really, really good. Get the break down the door to the BCS. What big time opponent are they going to get now? Congratulations, Utah! You get unranked pit. Enjoy yeah, that, that. Or the that year game. that they put Boise and TCU against, against TCU. Each other, yeah. Yes, yes. These are the same people that have been conspiring to uh, freeze out these teams that you're advocating inclusion for decades. Well, that Utah team was so freaking good. Was it? And I thought so. I did too, but but again, to the point, what was the best team they beat that year? Texas A&M? Was well, that early in the in the year? Dave's Car Wash publication last year dubbed them national champs for all four, if you remember. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Dave's. A lot of... A lot of credibility I think that was there. The I'll, never, I'll, I'll never forget that when they got matched up against Pitt, and then I went down and covered that game. And uh, PK and I were walking around the concourse, and uh, we we saw some people that we knew, and we ran across one group decked out in red, just decked out like like lifelong Utah fans. And PK said, "Yeah, I know those folks. Uh, I think they live in, in they lived in his neighborhood or something." He said. They're lifelong BYU fans. They were totally decked out in red. 
But uh, but anyway, that team was so good. And so when they matched them up against Pitt, I'm just sitting there going, you've got to be kidding me. An opportunity to show really how good the Utes were, and they robbed them of that. And that sucked because Pitt lost that game the second they were named in it. Yeah, no disagreement on that one, that's for sure. All right, want to remind you about our friends at Zebra Res Carpet Cleaning, proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than the other guys. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no ch- no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zebra Res cleaning today, 801-288-9376. But, by the way, Jake, wait, let me fi- let you finish. Go ahead. 801-288-ZERO. All right. I just had to mention that uh, PK's question to Tom, it was downright San Bernardino-ish. Except for Did Tom you know answered it? it with more than just one word or question, three words. Qu- that question was a good you know, 45 seconds long. I know, but see, we, we've talked about this before. It's not the length of your question that makes it funny. That adds to it, but it's not the length of the question that makes it funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, that is that is true. It's the response where he disregarded 99.9% of the question and then just as literally as possible <laughs> answered the last part. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> as, as literally as you could possibly take the last. How are you hanging on? Where are you? I'm in uh, San Bernardino right now. That's that's truly what makes it so funny. Oh, man. All right. It'd be like <laughs> if you said, wow, you were on fire out there. And he was like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't on fire. What are you talking about? Uh, oh, man. Yeah. All right. Stay uh-huh. tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.